Hello there. Welcome and thank you for listening to the Joy Fountain podcast. It is my prayer that the message you're about to hear will in many ways than one feed your soul and strengthen your decision and resolve to follow Jesus. My name is Andaza Hezekiah, pastor at the Joy Fountain Church here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May your joy be full today in Jesus' mighty name. Now let's dive into the Word. So we're looking at hearing the voice of God. That's our number three. Um, so I, I want to read a couple scriptures. Let, let's, re, let's go first to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. For some of you who have, who have uh, memorized scripture, you probably know what that verse is already. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, so faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. The King James Version says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That is, we hear, and then our faith grows. What we hear is what grows our faith. And so faith comes, and then it's maintained, and it grows by what we hear. And that's why words can be very powerful, right? I mean, if somebody tells you <laughs> something very negative about yourself, you tend to think more of what is, was said that is negative than what was, was said that is positive. Uh, because negative words are just as powerful as positive words, but it's just that we're not wired to grow on the negative. Do you get what I mean? That's not how God wired us. Um, we are wired for encouragement. We are wired for comfort. But at the same time, if we have faith, we are strong to defeat uh, the negative words that come out. So uh, faith comes by hearing, and hearing not just anyone's words, but God's word. Uh, somebody may speak God's word to you. God may give the person a word to you. That's also part of hearing God's word. Uh, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, we hear this, we, we come into contact with a man called Abraham. And you probably all know the story, right? God said to Abraham um, to leave his father's house and that is his community and then go to a place that he would show him. And the Bible says that Abraham heard. Uh, Abraham did not know where he was going. He didn't know what it, the place would look like. There was no particular, I mean, th th but just to go. And this is one thing that is very important. When God calls us out to something, a lot of times we know God is calling us, us out to something. I mean, we know, just like you know your father's voice. As a child, you knew your father's voice. Most of us know when God is telling us to do something. Sometimes we may second guess ourselves. Sometimes we may, be, we may not be sure. But a lot of times we know. But here's what happens. When we hear that God is talking to us about something, when we know that God is leading us in a certain direction, what we see sometimes can become very discouraging. It's, this, it's the same thing with the journey. One of the reasons why I really believe that the church has value in today's world is that the, the church has a lot to teach people about their experiences in life. I remember there was a time there was a, uh, a training way back in Nigeria where CEOs of companies were sitting down to hear their pastors. It was a large church, but the CEOs of these uh, Fortune 500 kind of companies were sitting down and learning from their pastor. Because of the wisdom and depth that God had given to this uh, gentleman, he was leading this and teaching people how to run their own businesses when he was not a businessman. But of course, he's a businessman for the kingdom of God. And uh, they were learning from him. And, you know, so there's a lot we can learn. I remember a book I read one time. I think I actually had a copy. But I don't know who took it away. It was talking about Jesus Christ being the CEO, Jesus Christ CEO or something like that. And uh, very amazing book. Some of the best management books that have been written have been written by Christian business people who have written 
um, based on their experience from the word of God and how God's word has challenged them and taught them. All right. So, and then in Romans chapter 4, verse 19 to 25, I'm not going to read it now, but we'll read it later. Actually, we'll read from verse 16 later. I want to show you, you know, in Abraham's life, the faith dynamics. But let's first of all, talk about growing our faith in God, growing our faith in God. I'm sure there's nobody here today who would not tell me, there's, uh, there's no one here who has not had a difficult experience in their life as a believer, where you had to pray through that difficult situation. If I ask you all today, I'm sure everyone will say, there was some time in my life where things were tough. There was some times in my life where things were difficult, where I did not have money uh, or I didn't have a job. I didn't have many of us. The things that we actually complain about today were once a prayer request. For example, our kids may be giving us some trouble, but there was a time when we were praying for to have kids or we may have a job or we may have a, uh, a business opportunity that we prayed for. But then when it comes through, there are also, because every new level comes with a new devil. Remember that? Every new level has what? New devils. So promotion is going to come, but promotion will come with different sets of problems. People think, if I just had a million dollars, like I said last week, if I if only had a million, some say, don't even, I was talking to a friend's wife one time. I said, if you had a million, what would you say? Don't even talk about a million. I only need 250 and that's all. 250 will solve all, solve all my problems. But then you get 250,000 and you realize that there's more people who want money who are around you now asking for a handout. And there's more opportunities to give. And then you realize, oh, I, 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 I don't have that much anymore. So how do we grow our faith in God in order that as we, as we rise up in life, as we get to different levels, as God opens up opportunities for us, we will be able to combat these things because faith is where our strength really is. You need to grow your faith in God. Why? The first point is you will need faith for sure. In Romans chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible tells us that the just shall live by what? By faith. Who is the just? Those that God has redeemed, those that God has called. The only way you are going to live successfully on this planet is by faith. Even unbelievers need faith. They have to have faith in something to be able to move forward. And if we're going to grow our faith, we're going to devour the scriptures. I talked about the scripture last week and how we should pay attention to verses that loom large before us as we meditate in the word of God. But you've got to devour the scriptures. If it's not something you've if you've never read the Bible before, maybe this is the time to begin to take up the challenge and say, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to take time to meditate in the word of God. You have to devour the scriptures. Eat it like food. You know, Jeremiah says, I found your word and I ate them and they were to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. You found God's word and you eat it. You find God's word that actually stands out to you. Many Christians will tell you, I have a favorite verse of scripture. And when you really look and talk to them, you find out that that scripture meant something to them at one point in their life. They may not know a whole lot of the Bible, but that one verse has kept them going. In times of difficulty, they tend to go back to that and remember what the Bible says. Devour the scriptures. And you see what I found is the more you take time to dwell in the word, reading the word, reading and meditating, reading and meditating. Reading is just going through the word. Just reading it just like you read a novel. And then meditating is when you stop to think deeply on the verses that, that draw your attention. Okay? What happens is that you build up a reservoir from which God uses to speak to you in situations. 
That's why it's important to read the scriptures. Some stories will come to you and you go, oh yeah, I remember this happened in the Bible. That's the Holy Spirit bringing to your remembrance God's dealings with people in different, it may be in a different time, but the principles are the same. God does not change. Number three is that if, we, if we're to grow our faith in God, uh, we must pursue fellowship, both private and public. It is in fellowship like this that our faith grows. Hearing the word here, relating with other people here, you are not alone. There has to be fellowship. If you're finding that there's no fellowship in a local assembly where you belong, a local church, you've got to find somewhere else. Or maybe something has to change in that church or something has to change in you as a person. But we have to be intentional in seeking out fellowship. You can't get everything you need in this life from your spouse. It's impossible. You can't get everything you need from your parents. I've learned that. Your father or your mother can't teach you everything. They'll teach you only what they know. You need other relationships. We need other people in our lives. And you know the interesting thing? God has actually earmarked people that, you, that will come into your life. And those people are very important. They are very essential. We must know who are the people that God has sent to walk with us. The funny thing is those people are also imperfect. Just as you are imperfect. It is those people. God brought them with a gift into your life. They didn't come empty-handed. Every time anybody has been promoted, it's because somebody else has observed them and encouraged them and helped them. Nobody gets promoted on their own. Nobody gets a breakthrough on their own. There's always someone along the line who helped them to get where they are today. So we must recognize that and pursue fellowship both in private and public. Some of the best times I've had is sharing coffee with people, friends, just hanging out, or even on the phone, long-distance relationships that I had with people who are ministers like myself over the years. We've known when we have a, a moment to talk, it's like, man, he has such a word. Like, How did you know that that's what I needed to hear today? Fellowship is important. We can't all just be giving out. We also have to receive. And God ensures that where two or three are gathered in his name, whether it's online or in person, he's there in the midst of them. We have to also curate. The word curate is applied mostly when you hear curate, you think of a curator, right? Somebody who works in a museum to take care of the museum, the artifacts and all that. But in the business world, the word curate actually means to uh, selectively organize resources for your benefit. And the world we live today actually has created that because you can curate your own music on iTunes or movies on Netflix. You can curate, your, that's what we call a, a playlist, right? A playlist is a curated list. The kind of music you like to listen to, the kind of words you wanna hear, audio books, you can curate. So you create your own library that fits you. You have to curate stories of those who have gone before us. You see people, the world is not smart. God is wise. And when God gives sound advice, I mean, when God gives advice, God's advice is always sound. When God gives advice, we need to receive it. But when, what I meant to say, if somebody comes to you as a servant of God or as a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ, and they give you advice, they are most likely going to give you sound advice if they are hearing from the Lord. That's what I, what, what I, would, I would like to say. That's why we need to curate stories of those who have gone before us. Uh, be, the reason why those who have gone before us have something to say is that they've passed through what you have passed through. Uh, what you are passing through, they've passed through. 
and they have something to say. So you have to invest in the books. If you don't like reading, listen to an audiobook. Put an audiobook on there, and as you drive, listen. Many of us have 20 to 30 minute commute in a day to an hour. Why can't we use that to actually listen to a book? You will be amazed the nuggets that we dropped into your spirit because the person you are listening to has done it. They have lived 40 years ahead of you, and guess what? They are maybe in their 70s or in their 60s. You are raising a child. You are raising, uh, you know, you are just getting into a marriage. You have a relationship. Those people have learned something they can pass on to you. So when you buy a book for $20, like, man, that 20 bucks would have gotten me so much coffee. The coffee goes in, and the thing about coffee is as soon as it goes in, um, you have to head for a toilet very soon. You're looking for a washroom because it just goes right through you, right? For most people. So... While it's good for you to have coffee, but that $20 going into that book is buying a lifetime of experience, the knowledge that this fellow who has lived for so many years, for decades, is passing on to you. So curate stories of those who have gone before you, before us, and then we can grow our faith. There's more ways to grow your faith, but you know, even worship music grows our faith. But a lot of people depend so much on music, not realizing that music is an environment builder. What really sustains you is the word that is in that music. And this is why if you don't have music around you, you need to, whether you have music or not, you need to, there's a, there's a, there's a need for you to actively, intentionally pursue the word of God. Faith dynamics in Abraham. Let's look at Abraham. Faith dynamics in Abraham's life. Well, you see, what, what, when we talk about Abraham, the father of faith, what was it? That's why I said I would wait until later, and this is the later time, to read Romans chapter 4, verse 16 to 25. I want us to go on a journey in this particular verse of scripture, Romans chapter 4, verse 16, and I'm reading today from the NLT, still journeying through the NLT this year. So let's go from verse 16. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift, and we're all certain to receive it whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. The Bible says Abraham is the father of what? All who believe. Okay? We read from the beginning how God told him to leave his father's house, his kinsmen, and go his tribe and go to a place that God would show him. God didn't tell him where the destination was, but he was willing to go. Now, verse 17 that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Can you say with me, new things out of nothing? And I know this is one area where I want us to focus for a little bit. Abraham, first of all, we see in verse 16 that he received the promise by faith. It was a free gift. Every one of us here have received a measure of faith. It's a figure. There's no believer who does not have a measure of faith. Some are weak in faith. Some are strong in faith. Some are on the middle level of their faith for whatever reason. But here's the point. Everyone, Romans 12 tells us that every one of us have received what? A measure. Please say with me, a measure. You have a measure of faith. You have a measure of faith. We all have a measure of faith. Now, what we do with that measure... If we invest it, we'll grow more in faith. So we see in Romans chapter uh, 4, let's keep going. He received uh, uh, the gift, right? And so he received a measure of faith that helped him to obey God. Because we can't do it on our own. So you have a measure of faith. If your faith is not very strong, at least you have enough to get you here. 
You had faith to bring you here. You have faith to put on gospel music at home. You had faith to read the scriptures. You have faith to pray. You had faith to this point. So what do we keep seeing? Are you getting blessed with this, my friends? So in verse 17, it says, that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you father of many nations. Then he goes on to say, this happened because Abraham, why God named him a father of many nations was because Abraham had crazy belief. He believed that God can bring something out of nothing. Friends, we have to get to crazy faith. So I'll tell you about a friend of mine called Musa Bako. He was sent to the United Kingdom from Nigeria. We were all young in Nigeria at the time. I think he was in his late 20s or early 30s. And then he was sent as a missionary to the UK to start a church in a place called Sheffield. Well, he got there and somehow the support dried up. After about a year of trying to start the church and do everything, and he and his wife didn't know what to do. Should we pack our bags and go back home? And, but they believed that God could bring nothing out of something. Something out of nothing. <laughs> and God can actually make, create, cause something to become nothing. And that's why if we're proud, God can, you know, erase us. So he, he, they believed. So here's what happened. One day, they left for church. They just prayed. They said, God, we don't know how this is going to happen. There were a few people meeting with them, maybe a few, a few dozen people. And uh, so they got to church, and they had worship, and they were reaching people in the street and everything. And they came back home for the first time. They came back home, and uh, as soon as they opened the door. Now, you know, in the UK, they have uh, the mail goes through the door, right? They, um, most of the houses, they, you push the mail in the door, and it goes on the floor there. So they opened the door. And there was the door, there was an envelope on the floor. They felt the door, you know, oh, this is not, Sunday is not when the mailman comes. What happens? So they checked the envelope. There was 60 pounds in it. Oh, who brought this? No name, no nothing. It was just there. Next Sunday, the same thing. It continued like that every Sunday for a very long time. How do you explain that? Till this day, he says they don't know who was doing it. But it's when they go to church, when they are well, there, they, they now got to a point where they were very comfortable. They know when we get home, there will be 60 pounds there. 60 pounds sterling. Right there. They knew God could bring what? Something out of nothing. And I want you to leave here today when we end this service declaring that the God I serve, because we forget. I sometimes forget. So we're looking for raw material. It's not wrong to have raw material. That's how we think. But can we go a little higher to higher ground where we believe that our God can bring what? Something out of what? Nothing. I can't hear you people. Are you with me today? We have to believe that. Because if we don't, then we are not going to see certain types of miracles, which is one of the problems we have here. We do analyze a lot. So we analyze and analyze and analyze because we have a path to everything. We've studied, we have knowledge, we have research. But do you know that above all of that, God can bring something out of nothing. So Abraham's faith did not weaken. Let's keep going in verse uh, 18. Even when there was no reason for hope. I like this one. Oh my goodness. Even when there was no reason for hope, many Christians have weak faith. 
Because they have reason not to hope. <laughs> they have a reason. They say, look at this, look at this, look at this. How can this, look at this, look at this. My child has this illness. This is going on, this is going on. I am not minimizing your pain, my friend. I'm not minimizing our difficulties. I'm not minimizing our circumstances. They are real, they are there, but we have a God who can call something out of nothing? And Abraham believed that God. And that God is not different from the God that we are here serving today. You see? His faith did not weaken in spite of the circumstantial evidence. <laughs> Believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants... That's how many descendants you will have. And then look at this verse 19. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, my friends. Even though, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was, he needed to figure that. Because they didn't have it in school yet. <laughs> he needed to figure out that his own body could not perform. He figured his body was as good as dead. And so was also Sarah's womb. So the two people God spoke to, isn't God interesting? He comes to two people who are past childbearing. And he says, I will give you a son. You'll be the father of men. By the way, look up at the stars. You have multitude of descendants. And Abraham believed God. He had the measure of faith that helped him. Friends, you have the measure of faith that helps you. If we only learn to train our tongues. Many miracles have been cut short because just as they were arriving, the angel found us speaking and talking things we shouldn't say. <laughs> so they said, well, what are we going to do? Because the, 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 the environment for dropping this miracle is just so, it's not, we don't, this is, and we're not supposed, nothing goes back there. Everything comes here. The gifts are without calling our repentance. But this particular gift, the way it drops, the environment has to be right. There are certain things God gives you. Whether you are bad or good, he gives it to you. Whether you're a Christian who is doing right, he gives. But there are some things that are dependent. They have conditions. The conditions, the environment has to be right. So what do we do with this angel? What do we do? What do we do? Well, well just leave it there. So we leave it there. The first fellow doesn't even notice that the miracle has come and passed. But while we're complaining and complaining and going about how things aren't going right, the miracle went by. And we didn't even notice. The people went by. The breakthroughs went by. The people who were about to do what they were supposed to do, we missed them because we didn't recognize them. They came in on a walking stick, and we didn't recognize them. They were too old. We didn't recognize them. If God were bringing a miracle, it wouldn't be this old person who doesn't know how to use the internet. Well, how do you know? The Bible says, <laughs> look at, let's keep going. Look at Abraham. Why is an example? Verse 20, Abraham never wavered. Somebody say never wavered. In believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm done. How does your faith grow stronger when, <laughs> I'll tell you how. The same person who dealt a measure of faith was there to increase his faith and make it stronger when he refused his faith to be weak because he believed the essential ingredient in Abraham's life, which can also be an essential ingredient in, in your life, is crazy faith that God is able to bring something out of nothing. Finally, Abraham's faith delivered for himself. And for an, our benefit today. Because if you look at it, it says, and when God, verse 21, he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. 
And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded. For our benefit too, friends, as you are seated here, Abraham's actions have affected us to this generation. In the same way, our actions today are going to affect our children. They are going to affect the future of Joy Fountain. What we do, what we say, how we relate, these things are going to affect the future of the next generation. That's one of the reasons why I like that our children are singing with us. They are in the church with us. I found a whole generation who did not know how to attend the adult service because we just say, let them stay there and let them learn, you know, and let them. And I'm beginning to think, when we get to a new location and we have all these seats, are we going to uh, put the people in front so that the cameras will show that our church is full? So let's put the children away. Are we going to put them away so that we can put the camera and then everybody sees? See how nice. We, uh, do we want optics? Or do we want results? Are we bothered that, well, there's nobody sitting in front? Pastor, it will look like you don't have a successful ministry. You know, if you have a lot of people and we put the camera and put the heads closed, then it will look nice. And when people see, they will want to come because there are many people. Oh my goodness, Jesus was followed by Peter, James, and John when there were no crowds. If people can't come when there are no crowds, they are not ready for what God is about to do. In fact, the greatest miracles happened to those who came along when there was nothing. Because they saw more than something. They saw the God who is able to take nothing and make something out of it. You know I'm speaking the truth. You know I'm speaking the truth. You who have followed me for years know that I don't speak because of what people are going to say. I don't really need to be liked. Neither do I need to be loved by people who hear the message. Because if all that we are saying is dependent on how people are going to treat us, really? That's who, then we don't know the God who calls something out of nothing. When I came to Canada, when we arrived, we didn't know anybody in this city. So now we have a few people, a hundred people or so, and we're also, oh, we don't want to lose anybody. Oh, let's preach the message. Oh, somebody's squeezing their face. They're not happy with you. Oh, that's nonsense. You don't know who has called you. That's why. Oh, we need a money to get our budget. Look, one day I was in church. Somebody showed up from nowhere. He said, I don't go to your church. But I heard you on radio and something you said, I couldn't shake it off. And I've been following you for some years now. Here's a check for Joy Fountain. Bye-bye. I've never seen him again. Never. You know that there will be many more of that but we have to pass through the fire first. Because when you have passed through the fire, then nothing will shake you. I remember one time, we had a member of our church, way back then, I was in my 30s. They came to church, they had a big uh, BMW 735 or 750i, those big cars, they had, and they, they have money. And they came into the church, and they said they wanted to serve. I said, all right, these are the rules, this is what you need to do. One day they showed up late when everybody was, I said, oh, I was so upset. The way they were carrying on because of whatever. So I, I said, can I see you in my office later on? They said, yeah, after the service they came in. They thought I was going to tell them something. Maybe, I don't know, you know, people who feel they have money, they're so imp these people felt so important. Some, some wealthy people are very humble, but some are obnoxious. So they sat there and I said, so, I, I can see your car through my window in the parking lot. Is that why you came late? Is it because, do you know what the Bible says? So I showed them 1 Timothy chapter 6. He said, let those who are rich in this world not be high-minded, but let them be what? Humble. 
I said, oh no, we didn't mean anything bad. I said, I'm telling you, your behavior is unconscionable. You should be an example. They left my office that day. I thought I would never see them again. They're still one of my friends till this very moment. In fact, the wife sent me a message just the other day. And we have not seen them for years. We should not be afraid. Because of what? Because we've gotten here. When we came, there was nothing. When we came here, there was nothing. We had no house. We had no credit. We had nothing. Every time my wife would pray, this is Lord, do this for us. One year, two years, it happens. Six months, three months, it happens. So what are we afraid of? We've seen the Red Sea. Why are we afraid of the Jordan? We've seen the fire by night. We've seen the cloud by day. Why are we afraid of? I'm just uh, rubbish. Let's do the work of the Lord. And we see the Lord lift up. Do you know God can lift up stones to praise his name? God can lift up stones to praise his name. Look, man, <laughs> the God we serve is too powerful. How you see him is how you receive him. What you know of him will depend. That's what, that's, uh, something is coming, friends. I'm telling you, I'm waiting. God is about to do an amazing thing in our lives and in our city that will cause ears to tingle. Do you believe that? Would you say amen to that? Amen. All things are possible to whom? To those who believe. Whatever God is impressing on your heart is possible through you. Whatever God is impressing on your heart, please don't be afraid. It's possible. If it delays, it's not denied. It's not denied. Do you believe in Romans chapter 4 verse 17? Do you believe? I read it. It said that God called those things that be not, right, as though they are. He's able to take nothing, uh, nothing and make something out of nothing. That's the message today, friends, that our God, because of his voice, when he speaks to you, that voice will be with you in the fire. Do you know the fire was heated seven times hotter for these three Hebrew children that had had the voice of God? And because they had the voice of God, they said, Nebuchadnezzar, you can twist your face as much as you like. You can change your voice and make it so dangerous. Okay? If our God... Our God can deliver us. But if, if not, that's okay. Let's see what's going to happen. They threw them into the fire. The people pushing them into the fire were melted by the flames, the heat of the flames. The three Hebrew children were cast into that fiery furnace. The Bible says the king looked and he said, I see one. There were three there, but I see four. That one extra one is like the son of God. Heavy fire, seven times. Jesus had to appear before his time. The son, he said, like the son of God. What he was saying, I see something. It's called, it's called the, 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 how do you call it now? The, a type of Christ in the Old Testament. Because seven times. I don't know how hot your fire is, friends. But if your fire is hot, hallelujah. You're about to find somebody will come. This is why you must keep your mouth saying the right things. When it's so bad, keep saying, our God can bring nothing out of, can bring something out of nothing. Uh, something out of nothing. Uh, say it until it is flowing in your veins. Uh, say it until uh, people think you are crazy. Say it until it begins to produce. Uh, say it because God said, let there be light. You see, God said, let there be light once and there was light. But you know, we are human beings, uh, but we are children of God. So we may need to say it a hundred times. Uh, God can bring something out of nothing. Uh, but by 99 times, I guarantee somewhere along that line, if that's what you need, the angel of God will come with a breakthrough. Friends, time is only time because we live in time. Our God is the God of the heavens. Hallelujah. And so, so when he looks down upon the earth, time 
means nothing to him. It means something to us. We are aging. I say, well, I'm 50 years old. What am I going to do? Don't worry. God has a plan. Hallelujah. And if I, the father of faith, Abraham, believed God, you can believe God too. I want you to give the Lord a round of applause, knowing fully well that he's more than able. I want you to make a declaration today. I want you to say, Father in heaven, I believe you. <laughs> I will not let my faith be weakened. No matter the situation or the circumstance, I will stand till the end. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for listening. Were you blessed by the message? Do you have any questions? Did you make a commitment to follow Jesus as Lord? Please let us know. You can contact us by sending us a message on our contact page at joyfountainchurch.com. Have a blessed day.